You need a little bit of nasty, don't you? They're the little battles you need to win if Munster wanted to win this game. He lives and breathes line-out. How do they pick themselves up from this? The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. To the big story of the week, and that is the fact that the US government are now making the Kinahans people of interest and have offered a reward for information leading to their arrest. And I'm delighted to say Paul Williams joins us to explain a little bit of the context behind this. Paul, good morning to you. How are you getting on? Good morning, Jerry and Johnny. Uh, you've got me up out of again early. Well, sorry about Beautiful. that. I mean, uh, you must be having a bit of PTSD, are you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking. Good to talk to you guys. How are yeah, so this story seems to have been brewing for a while. There's it, it, definitely been a sense when we've spoken with uh, various of your colleagues over the last 18 months that something big was happening and that the, the net was closing, I think would have been a phrase that was used. Do you, do you know why the Americans got interested and, and what it took to get them interested in this? Because it's, it seems like that's the game changer in so many different aspects here. I think because the fact that the Irish Canadian and British were Canadian and the Dutch and the Spanish and other enforcement agencies were Canadian, so much intelligence and information on these guys and realising how big they were getting um, that eventually they just couldn't they couldn't ignore it anymore because you have to remember that some of the huge players from around the world, these guys like Ken the Frank Kinnett been put in the top five uh, I think I wrote a piece about it the other day in the Indo saying, you know, this guy always wanted to dominate the the, the sport of boxing and get to, the, to beat the top tier in the world. Well, he certainly made a name for himself to become the top tier in organized crime in the world. So he was dealing with and uh, negotiating with and working with some of the biggest organization, organized crime groups in the world. So or inevitably, he had to come to the attention of the Americans. Americans had a big interest in them. They've had an interest in them for the past number of years, at least because they're talking about DEA have had an interest in them. And they have already had already said that they were going to block them when they come into the country. They were, they were watching them very, very closely. So there was no way, for example, you know, we just have minds back to this. Like, Kinnan hasn't able to leave his desert bowl, his luxurious air-conditioned desert bowl in Dubai for at least two years um, because he was so afraid that the Irish would have a, a EAW, a European arrest uh, quietly or secretly uh, uh, issued for his arrest. So he just didn't know what was going on. So if you cast your mind back to, you know, the, <laughs> I have to think about people like Bob Arum and all of these guys. Like, he, he famously um, said when he when this was put over two years ago, um you know, his relationship to Kinahan. He said, I can disregard that. This is his quote. I can disregard all that. It doesn't affect me. It hasn't affected me. When it does, I have to deal with it. And then you may recall that Tyson Fury then, in a bit of a, in a stunt, more than actual reality, uh, sacked Kinahan. This was because of the building, uh, uh, the war, or the, the, the controversy building around Kinahan. But eventually the Americans did sit back and take it on board. And that's the writing on the, was on the wall over two years ago, guys. That's why I keep referring to 2020, because when you heard the Taoiseach talking about it, the then Taoiseach for Adkar, and then it moved, not the criminality and serious organised investigations are left to the professions who deal with that kind of stuff. It's called, they're called law enforcement. There are, there are rules and there are laws and there are international treaties to, to make that work as efficiently as possible. But it 
was a realisation along the way that this has to get into the diplomatic circles. That's why it came very much like, and to go back to what, the, what was the, the, the huge historic significance of this week, Daniel Kennan, <clears throat> he became Ireland's El Chapel. And so did his daddy. And so did his scrawny, screwed up little brother. Um, and they became the um, Pablo Escobars of uh, Ireland as well. So it entered, it entered, entered the diplomatic field. Why this week is so incredibly historic and significant, and why <clears throat> at last, you know, Kinnahan, uh, particularly Daniel Kinnahan, and I know we're, you are the premier sports uh, channel in the business, so why his relationship with sport, why his ambitions for domination of the boxing, of the pugilism game has been KO'd, um, is that nobody now will deal with him. He has nowhere else to go. There will no major national, no major TV channels, no TV channel of any kind is going to cover any of these fights. Because that's the lifeblood of the he was trying to organize. He is absolutely finished. Now, what are his alternatives? His alternatives today are this, that he does a midnight flit uh, himself and Christy and their entourage and they pack up their luxury bulletproof SUVs in Dubai and they do a drive across the desert in the middle of the night and try in some way to find themselves, get themselves to a country that does not have any kind of relationship with the US and does not have any kind of treaties with the outside world because the Dubai authorities, <clears throat> they are as morally equivalent and morally bankrupt as any of the, the, the some of the scum that Daniel Kinnahan was dealing with in the in the boxing game. And remember, it took the Irish media years to convince the world of this. <clears throat> so the Dubai authorities and the UAE only really survive because they are sucking on the tit, so to speak, of the United States. The United States is their reason for living. And it doesn't matter how many crate loads of uh, dirty, blood-stoked dollars uh, Daniel Kinnahan has brought to that country. And how many shakes he's bought, how many shakes he's uh, corrupt. They were already corrupt before. They will just, in the moment of an, uh, in just of an eyelid, they will turn. Daniel, my friend, it was good while it lasted. Good luck. Bye bye. And that's what they'll do. They'll either horse him out, <clears throat> or they will agree if the Irish present an arrest warrant for, for him, they agree to turf him. They have no, there are no constitution, there are no laws, really. There is just a, they're a you know, autocratic group organization so that's him finished if I was him at the moment I, I would love I suppose the world would love to be a fly on the wall it very much like do you ever remember the movie it's just coming to my mind as I'm thinking and trying to work out for an analogy for you remember the last season uh, the last scene in the fantastic iconic movie Scarface the one with Al Pacino you're probably two young guys for that but he was standing there being surrounded by Colombia and he was being riddled with bullets and house and everything he stood for all the blown pieces and he's standing there with his M16 rifle and grenade launcher fire and he's saying, hey Colombians, sell my little friend. Well, I think Daniel is probably a little bit left right now. Uh, a couple of things, Paul. Um, the the boxing thing, right, is really interesting. Uh, we we got told that uh, he had a genuine interest in boxing um, from early on, but I think what you spoke about Bob Arm there is actually at the heart of the relationship with boxing and, and why you get into boxing if you're in 
the situation you're in. Apart from the the uh, brilliant mechanics that you can have access to in a sport where you can plough money in and, and maybe wash a bit of money if uh, if that's your intention, if you're from Daniel Kennan's perspective, and that's not to suggest that anybody other than him would have been doing anything like that, but uh, it also struck me that the reason for getting involved in boxing was to try and legitimise himself in America, and it was a risky play, a very risky play, because it, it turns out it has backfired, but it was... It nearly didn't. You know, you had Bob Arum, CEO and founder of Top Rank, the most storied promoter still active in the world, saying he didn't really care about it. And it seemed for the long time like America didn't really care about it either. So was that the play? It was It was to try and distance yourself from the source of your money and then get into something else. And then over a period of time, people are like, oh, what was that guy? What was that story again? <clears throat> he, he was, he was it's the best example ever of sports watching. But you have to remember, though, has been I actually one time uh, trained in in the gym they had down there in Marbella when I was on holiday I had no idea who owned it and that's back nearly 20 years ago like, he's always been involved in uh, boxing he's always had a big interest in remember when Gary Hutch tried to shoot him he ended up shooting Jamie Moore the accident uh, at his house Daniel has always had a huge interest in this and the, the famous way in the boxing way in um, where the, the Kinnan or the Hutches came in to try and uh, whack um, Daniel and all his top left and that was in 2016. Like, he has had a long, long association with boxing. But yes, he was trying to buy himself legitimacy. And But, but the, the point is here, guys, <clears throat> and I have no interest in boxing at all, but it was that <clears throat> he, he had a huge interest in, in this because <clears throat> boxing has all been an exceptionally attractive sport to criminals. Going back a hundred years, you know, some of the biggest names in in the, in, in, in the American organized crime, they were always involved in sport. That's what it is. The psychological explanation is it's, it's testosterone, it's violence, all of that. <clears throat> and it's a fantastic way of laundering money. So it also illustrates as well, it's something that Barry McGuigan said, if you remember that famous program he did on Panorama, um, with Panorama uh, on the Kinnans about a year ago, more than a year ago. He talked about, he was the only person who could spoke out. Barry McGuigan, fair play to him. He actually spoke out and he said what had to be said. These are a bunch of corrupt, murderous bastards. And the whole sport, he basically said, was corrupt. And it is a morally ambivalent and morally bankrupt uh, sport. Because, and I remember this at the time, guys, going back to 2016, it was, a, it was a cop friend of mine said to me, he was coaching, he was one of many cops who was coaching young boxing clubs. Boxing clubs, no more than GA, so rugby clubs, are a way, and sport is the way we keep, we, we, we help develop our kids in a healthy environment. And he said to me, you have no idea just how toxic these bastards are. You have no idea just how much they have poisoned this sport and what he found himself doing. And other good, decent people who were working as volunteers in these boxing clubs was trying to turn the heads of a lot of the people they were, they were working with away from the Kinnans because they were pumping money into it. And if you, it was a bit like certain other aspects of the sport. If you were good to certain people, you <clears throat> you got lots of money and you got people sponsored this and sponsored that. And it's absolutely horrific. And I think the best way to describe the whole boxing sport, the sport of boxing, both professional and to a degree, amateurism, amateurism um, reacted to this with the monkeys. They saw no evil, they heard no evil, and they spoke no evil. 
Do we know, and Paul? Um, we do remember. Yep. Sorry, Paul. Do we know are there any other sports that have links to the Kinnahans other than boxing? Which has been suggested to me that it's not it's not entirely boxing. Are there other clubs that will be like kind of um, rubbing their eyes this morning and wondering like do do, do you know that is is it just boxing that the Kinnahans are linked to? That's the only thing I in terms of that because that's that's what you have to remember that <clears throat> Daniel particularly is completely immersed in it. This is what he, he apart from but three things he's very good at. One is organising attributing uh, drugs on, on by the uh, The other is uh, ordering murders and all of that. And the third is sport. Uh, the sport of boxing. That's what he's into. Um, and that is always because he's known to fight through the system. And, <clears throat> you know, there was also at once, it's just like a war, you know. And this great global alliance has now been pitted against it, but it was like a war for quite a while. And you sat back and you watched people like like um, um, that, what's his name? Um, I, I, Tyson Fury. You know these guys going on. You know Daniel Kinahan, and they're all praising him and uh, extolling his great virtue and his his greatness, and tweeting on social nonsense, basically saying that all this stuff is just being made up. And then, of course, Daniel. It, it made great efforts and <clears throat> great strides to clear his name by what so called by getting some top lawyer firms to come along and threaten to sue the Irish media. And it's down to the my colleagues uh, in Ireland, the, 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 the day-to-day guys who are covering this story, um, uh, for what they did to keep this alive and keep this story in the public mind. Because people were ignoring it. But all the all the time behind the scenes, there's the diplomatic and there was the police. Uh, moves been made, and then eventually it all came together in a perfect storm. And we saw it being um, <clears throat> being announced in the city hall, which is an extraordinary piece of of symbolism because um, this was the of their birth: uh, Christie Senior, Christie Junior, and Daniel. And this is the city that they terrorised, uh, and it was spectacular. The that the most powerful nation in the world, and somebody speaking on behalf of the most powerful person in the world. Uh, the President of the United States was saying, you know what, Daniel, you can run, but you can't hide. Mm. Well, that that's d- what's happened. I do wonder, is, is Biden being <clears throat> involved in the close link that Biden has with Ireland, was that all important in just getting to the point where it was like, OK, we're ready to row in fully behind this whole thing? One one last question, and, and um, answer this as fast or as, as long as you, as you want, but how did they actually get so big? What was the What's the bit that takes them from uh, being <clears throat> important in the streets of Dublin to the bit where they're actually on the radar for multiple police forces at the same time? <clears throat> well, Christy Senior was a classic, what we call a criminology and innovator or an entrepreneur. He was an exceptionally intelligent guy, exceptionally ambitious, uh, clever, conniving. He was a glorified con man, basically, as well, um, could speak several languages. Um, he went to Holland uh, in the 90s. He started, It really starts from the 90s. Like I started writing about this guy in the 90s. Uh, I've written a couple of books where he's featured very heavily, himself and John Cunningham, for example, who was another major organized crime figure. They got together in the late 90s. I'll tell you when they got together. They got together um, around 96. When John Cunningham did a runner from Ireland and John Gilligan uh, out of the country. And John Gilligan put him with Kinahan. And from there on, they went into business. Kinahan comes back here to Ireland. He's caught... Um, for an outstanding fraud charge. <clears throat> He's put in prison, and that's when we see, the, for the very first time, this guy, Daniel Kennell. Daniel started coming to see the father in 99, uh, 98, 99. 
2002 Portlaoise Prison. <clears throat> and that senior, Christy Senior, Christy Senior actually was doing a degree in at the time, and he stayed in prison uh, until he finished his open university degree, as you do. Uh, it was in environmental health, if I, correct, if I correctly recall. Um, and while he was inside, John Cunningham started building a huge business, and there was a humongous um, increase in an incredible increase in demand for recreational drugs. First it was hash, then it was in the noughties, right through the noughties, it was cocaine. Um, and that's what led them, and it was cleverness. And I remember having documents in my possession uh, back in the early noughties when Kinnan got out of prison about his connections to the UK. He became a huge supplier of coke and other drugs to the UK, and that became a big thing as well, because they remember have Kinnan very much in their sights and have done for many years, and that's why Bomber Clark is now a guest of uh, uh, residing at Her Majesty's pleasure in, in for quite 21, 30 years. So <clears throat> ultimately, over time, they just built and built and built. And what happens, though, in the end, what brought them down was hubris and arrogance, like always. Mm. Daniel Kinahan took over from Daddy, and he screwed it up. And you know what? He, he still had to go back down to being a thug on the street fell out with Gary Hutch. Gary Hutch tried to shoot him. He did a deal with Gary Hutch not to kill Gary Hutch. He told on that. He killed Gary Hutch. And then war, war, hell broke out. Remember one other thing. 16 people out of the 18 people in the Kinnan and Hutch feud, those murders were ordered by Daniel Kinnan. And that can't be forgotten. So I think one thing I'll predict today uh, is that Daniel Kinnan will spend the rest of his life in a cell Irish prison. Paul and he can forget about all his all his ambitions for boxing glory.